everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Spooky Sis Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Spooky Sis Allie. And today's episode I wanted to do around New Year's Eve. Because as you all might be aware, the year is ending this coming Sunday. Technically Saturday at midnight. New Year's Eve is on Saturday. The big old party that we all look forward to, like, what sparkly dress am I going to wear? What party am I going to go to? Who am I going to kiss at midnight? You know, all that. That's coming on Saturday. I was kind of curious when I decided to do this episode about New Year's Eve, where historically the beginnings of the celebration started, because that's just what I like to do, y'all. I look up facts about history. That definitely comes from my mom. She was a history buff. She um, graduated college with a bachelor's in history. And side note, she also had um, a little dabbling in Russian just for fun. She was a very smart lady. So anyway, <clears throat> I'm just going to dive right into the, the fun little facts I found about the history behind New Year's Eve. The earliest record of a celebration of the new year is about 4,000 years ago in a place called Babylon. The Babylonians kind of followed a, a lunar calendar, if you will, centering around the moon, as a lot of people did, the moon and the sun. And following the vernal equinox, which that's in late March, you know how we just had winter solstice? last episode. Um, Vernal Equinox is the spring kind of equivalent of that. It's the first day of spring, but the cool thing is it's where there's equal sun and dark in the same day. So anyway, I'm sure I'll do an episode about that when it's, you know, March. (laughs) Anyway, so the Babylonians um, follow this lunar calendar and on the vernal equinox, the moon following the vernal equinox is when they would celebrate the new year. Because like I said, that's the calendar that they followed. Um, So they had a huge religious celebration called Akitu, which that is apparently a Sumerian word for barley, which is similar to like oats. So Akita was this 11-day celebration. And each day had a different ritual that they would perform. And Akita Akitu was also celebrated celebrating the mythical victory of the Babylonian sky god Marduk when he had this huge win over an evil sea goddess named Tiamat. Now, I'm just going to put a pin in that for a second and stop because why don't we have any cool holidays like this anymore? Like, why aren't we celebrating this, like, (laughs) sky god who defeats this evil sea goddess? Like, I mean, obviously this is back when people didn't really know how the world or the universe worked. Not that we fully do now either, but... I mean, that just sounds like a really cool holiday. (laughs) So I'm just saying maybe we should bring back some of that. Anyway, throughout the time, 
the beginning of the new year was marked, uh, sorry, throughout time, <laughs> the beginning of the new year was often marked by agriculture or astronomical events. Like, for instance, the vernal equinox was generally when people could start planting again or harvesting certain things. So agricultural, agricultural, that is a difficult word to say. Or astronomical events. Um, for instance, in Egypt, the annual flooding of the Nile and the rise of the star Sirius marked the beginning of the year for them. So an astronomical event with the star. So kind of cool. Moving on to the early Roman calendar. Their calendar was 10 months and only 304 days long. And each year started on the vernal equinox. Again, this very important day to a lot of people. But eventually this calendar kind of fell out of sync with the sun. And a lot of people were getting confused and probably frustrated like, hey, why doesn't our calendar follow the sun anymore? <laughs> so this guy that you might have heard of, maybe, named Julius Caesar, in 46 BC, um, he decided to get together all the top astronomers and mathematicians and smart people that just surrounded him, I'm sure, in the palace. And he said, we need to come up with a different calendar. This isn't working anymore. So after much deliberation, <laughs> they come up with the Julian calendar, which is pretty close to what we follow now, what most countries follow now, the Gregorian calendar. Um, so they obviously added two months and then however many days that was missing to get 365. I can't do the maths, so you can do that for me. Um, <clears throat> so January 1st became the official first day of the year, according to this Julian calendar. And January was named after Janus, Janus, Janus? the Roman god of beginnings. And I also like, I like what he kind of represents. So he's the Roman god of beginnings whose two faces can see the past and the future at the same time. That's a little spooky, but I kind of like it. It almost reminds me of, <laughs> have you seen Harry Potter? If you haven't, I'm not, I'm not confident that we can continue to be friends. But in the first Harry Potter, when the teacher has freaking Voldemort's head on the back of his head and it's like speaking to him. That reminds me of that. He can see the past and the future, whatever. <laughs> Maybe that was a stretch, but anyway. So that was our fun little history lesson. I hope y'all learned something important. There will not be a quiz on this, but I hope you can go like impress your friends at your New Year's Eve parties that you're going to. Hey, do you know? how New Year's Eve started, that's a great pickup line. Break the ice. Be like, listen, I know how it started. Yeah. And do you know what January's named after? Yeah, it's this Roman god of new beginnings. <laughs> Whatever, his name's Janus. So, you're welcome. If you end up getting laid or hooking up because of me and my facts, please let me know, because I would love to know that I helped you get that. <laughs> so now I kind of wanted to talk about some different traditions that people do around the world 
with New Year's Eve that some still do and some of these are like historical, you know, from back in the old days. So let's jump into those. All right, let's get into the spooky traditions that people have around New Year's Eve. This first one really made me laugh. So I hope you get a kick out of it too. Apparently it's an Irish tradition to use bread to scare away evil spirits and phantoms. <laughs> now, I'm sure you're probably wondering, like I was, how in the hell is bread going to do that? Well, I'm going to tell you. So you would bake loaves of bread and you can bake whatever kind of bread you want. It can be sourdough, it can be wheat, whatever you like, rye. So you bake a loaf of bread and you take this loaf or baguette, if you will, and you apparently bang it against all the doors and walls in your house before midnight. And this wards off ghosts and phantoms. Maybe they're gluten intolerant and that's, maybe they figured that out. Ghosts can't handle gluten, so we're just gonna cover our house in gluten. And then they're gonna leave us alone. So I kinda like that one. I might try that one this year. I don't need any gluten intolerant phantoms in my life. So there's another Irish tradition where you leave your door unlocked and you set a place at the table for a lost loved one. So this is so that they, that person, that spirit knows that they are welcome in your home. They are not one of the gluten intolerant spirits. They can handle the bread. So then they can be with you on New Year's Eve. I like that one. I might actually try that one. I mean, I kind of want to try the bread too, just to be absolutely ridiculous, but <laughs> I want to set a place at the table for like my mom, my grandparents, maybe they'll come visit. Maybe I just won't tell my roommates though, so they don't get freaked out. I'll be like, oh, I'm having a dinner party with people that aren't alive, but whatever. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, here's a good one. <clears throat> Are you thinking of doing any laundry? on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? Well, think again, buddy. Because if you wash your clothes on either of these days, superstitions claim that someone you love will die that year. <laughs> That's very ominous. Like how, I feel like, okay. I feel like some kid or wife that was so sick of doing laundry was like, you know what? I'm gonna make up this superstition. So on these two days, I have an excuse to not do it. So, you know what? If you do laundry on these two days, your aunt Bertha might die. You know, she's been looking sick lately. If you do that load of whites, she's out. Or, you know, you have dirty socks and you need to run them. You're gonna have to wait until January 2nd. I'm sorry. You're gonna have to deal with dirty socks. Cause you don't wanna have somebody's life on your hand, you know? Like, wouldn't you just feel awful if laundry took somebody that you love? So anyway, I like that one too. I'm not doing laundry on those two days. Um, also, you will be cursed. <laughs> if you do your laundry on either of these two days, <laughs> apparently you will be cursed with more laundry than you've ever had any other year that coming year. And that alone, plus the fact that somebody else that you love would die, that's enough for me to be like, absolutely not. I'm not even gonna test that theory. Like, nope, no thank you. So don't do any laundry, everybody. Do it 
January 30th or, or sorry, December 30th or January 2nd. Please just keep everybody safe and let's not be overwhelmed with laundry in 2023. So growing up, my family did this tradition, but I never really knew where the beginnings came from. And this could be from anybody else, but I found one in particular that comes from the Philippines. So my family at midnight would go outside and we would bang pots and pans and be really loud. And, and a lot of people in our neighborhood would do the same thing and it was always really fun. So apparently, originating in the Philippines, they would open all the doors and windows before midnight, pretty much serving up an eviction notice to bad juju or evil spirits lurking about. This sounds very similar to the gluten intolerant spirits. And then they would make lots of noise at midnight and the more noise the better the louder you were the more scared the ghosts and bad energy and whatever would get and would leave you alone so i like that one the louder you are the better so let's hear it on midnight everybody scream your little hearts out and this last one i thought was kind of fun a little spooky in japan young men will dress up as demons and go about scaring lazy people <laughs> in their neighborhood and threaten to take their naughty children away. So this is kind of like Krampus, but in Japan. And they could only be warded off by giving, by if you gave them offerings of sake and rice cakes. And that just sounds like somebody that just wants some free sake and rice cakes. But I kind of like the threatening of the um, naughty children, because I'm sure that just scared the pants off of them. It's kind of like, I mean, obviously Krampus, but the Grinch, I feel like, just puts the fear of God in children around Christmas. So <laughs> maybe this is like the a version of that for New Year's. So maybe I'll be dressing up as a demon for this New Year's. Who knows? Okay, so I wanted to end this episode with two stories of my own that revolve around New Year's Eve, and one is scary spooky, and the other one is kind of like weird, awkward, spooky, <laughs> if that even makes any sense. So first, before I jump into those stories, I wanted to share a ritual that I've started doing every New Year's Eve. Um, instead of setting like resolutions, because I feel like, anyway, I feel like those can kind of end up feeling like negative or overwhelming. I like to set a word of intention for the year, kind of like how I want to live the following year, just have a theme something that resonates throughout everything that I do and I started doing this in 2017 which January 1st 2017 that was my first New Year's post-divorce so I had literally just gotten divorced like two weeks earlier and you know I had, I had escaped an abusive ex-husband um, my life had been in danger many times I'd been basically li living in um, life or flight. What's the, what's the thing called? Fight or flight. Um, 
for like five years. So I was still in shock and everything at this point. I had just moved into a new apartment by myself and the word that I chose for that year was brave because I wanted to step into that new year as a new person and be brave and face things that scared me because I had already been through hell. So I, I chose brave because I wanted to do more things that scared me that would help me grow and heal and all that. And then moving on in 2018, my word was heal because in that year I really wanted to focus on different ways that I could find healing and I, you know, I did therapy, energy work, Reiki, kundalini yoga, yoga, um, meditation, anything I could think of, prayer, you know, journaling, whatever I could do to help myself heal, I did. 2019, I chose the word wander because I wanted to travel as much as I could and see as much as I could. And I did. I did a lot of traveling that year. But funny enough, I figured out at the end of that year that the wandering that I had felt inspired to do was more internal and not physically wandering the globe. Even though, you know, it's super fun and that is healing in a way to travel and meet new people and do things like that. The wandering was internal. So, joke was on me. <laughs> but really not, because I figured it out and it was great. <clears throat> 2020, I picked the word create, because I wanted to start creating the life that I really wanted to live. And I also wanted to like dive more into my creative side. That's when I kind of started doing photography, and I was still working on my book that's taking a billion years to finish, but whatever. <laughs> And I was doing a lot of stuff on social media with being a quote-unquote influencer. I know that's such like a taboo word now and everybody just like rolls their eyes. But I had a lot of fun and I created a lot of really fun pictures and posts. And you know what? Y'all can judge me all you want, but I literally got paid to post really dumb stuff. Like a pillow that a company sent me. I got paid $500 to post that. So, joke's on y'all. <laughs> Go ahead and judge me for that. Um, 2021, I chose the word love. And I didn't choose it in a cliched way like, I'm going to find love this year. Which, yeah, of course, I'm always kind of hoping for that in the back of my mind. But I, ch I chose the word love to love myself. I was going through a lot physically and emotionally. And I needed to reconnect with myself and I needed to love myself. So that's why I picked love. 2022, this past year, <laughs> I picked the word vigor. And vigor means being in good health. But I picked the UK spelling. So V-I-G-O-U-R. Because I had this dream that did not happen. <laughs> where I would end up in England at some point this year and I was really hoping around Christmas but none of it worked out and that's okay because I did finally get on the right path with being the healthiest version of myself and I'm well on my way but you know it started with linking up with a nutritionist slash um, trainer that my twin sister worked with when she went and did her NPC a bikini fitness contest in September 
and I was like, okay, I got to do something to jumpstart my body. Like I was going to the gym every day and I was eating relatively healthy, but I wasn't doing it in the right way for my body and a bunch of other things that are going on. <laughs> so now that I am working with this trainer, his name is Dustin, um, I have seen results, like staggering results in only two months. And so I know it's the end of the year, but I'm like, okay, I hit, I'm on the right path at least. <laughs> so I'm going to get there and I'm really excited about it. So now I'm actually going to announce my word of intention for 2023. And I normally don't do that until New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, but what the hell? <laughs> um, my word that I picked this year is renaissance. And I know you're probably like thinking, what in the hell does renaissance mean? Because <laughs> like I've heard it a ton. I know it was a time period in history. But other than that, I was kind of like, what does it really mean? Because I, I don't know. I just never had really like sat down and read the definition. So, of course, it was the revival of art and literature in the 14th to 16th centuries. That's the time period. But I am choosing um, the other definition, which is a revival, a renewal of interest in something. So a revival of something, a renewal of something. So I want this year to be my renaissance. I want it to be the revival and renewal of me. I want to feel like me again. I've really struggled with mental health the last year, and I haven't really acknowledged that to a lot of people. And that's, I think, what a lot of us do. We just kind of put our head down. We just bear through whatever we're dealing with, and we just hope that it's going to get better. But I'm here to tell you all, if you're dealing with stuff, don't be afraid to ask for help. Because asking for help is the bravest thing that you can do. It's the smartest thing you can do. Because none of us are meant to do any of this alone. And I am the worst offender of this. I know. I hate asking for help. I, I like being independent. I'm such a lone wolf. But yeah, if you're struggling, reach out to someone. Even if it's just like, hey, I don't want to tell you what's going on, but I'm not okay and I just need support. Like, you don't have to go into details but anyway and if you need someone and you don't have anybody reach out to me I'm I'm here for any of you so yeah this year is going to be my renaissance it's gonna be a great year I can already feel it I feel like this is I say this every year <laughs> knock on wood but I feel like this is gonna be one of the best years of my life so there you go my renaissance all right so my two stories based around New Year's Eve. The first one I will share is going to be the scary spooky one because I want to end on the kind of funny, awkward one so that y'all don't get nightmares. <laughs> so this first story was my first New Year's married to my ex. So let's see, that would have been 2013. So December 2013. 
We spent New Year's Eve at my sister Heather's house because at the time her and her family lived about 10 minutes away from us here in Utah. So we went over to their house, we played games, we had food, and then we came home pretty soon after midnight. I don't remember getting home super late. So we had obviously been married a couple months. We, we got married in May 2013. And like I said in the past two episodes, I will definitely go into more detail on my story with my ex. But basically to sum it up, um, I didn't really know that he was an alcoholic or an addict until we got married and lived together because we followed the Christian, Christian tradition of our church where you don't live with each other until you get married. So there was a lot of things that he was able to hide from me. And the thing with addicts, as many of you may know, that they are very sneaky and they are good at hiding things and they're great at lying. So in the first few months of our marriage, I quickly realized that he had a drinking problem and a pill problem. And it was something that I dealt with every day and we fought about most every day. And the fights were in the beginning, not physical, but very verbally abusive, very frustrating. So on the way home, um, we had a fight about him drinking. And, and I think a lot of things are still blocked out, like the trauma block. But I think we were fighting because I had caught him drinking the day before. And of course he lied about it. And then he always would try to gaslight me and tell me like I was crazy and I was making up these things and I was losing my mind. And you keep saying you smell alcohol. Well, there's no alcohol. Like you must be going crazy. Like it must be your depression or something like, oh, you might be bipolar. Like he would always try to gaslight me. So we're having this fight on the way home. Like I wasn't drinking yesterday. You're, you're just being ridiculous. Like, why do you always try to make up this shit about me and cause these fights? Like blah, blah, blah. So we get home, we argue for, I don't know, maybe like 20, 30 minutes. And I always would end up going upstairs to our bedroom and crying myself to sleep. And he would stay downstairs and usually drink until he passed out. So I would eventually come back down later most nights to find him face down on the couch or on a floor somewhere. And I would always check to make sure that he was still alive <laughs> because I always worried like that he was dead. So this night <clears throat> I went upstairs, I cried for a while and normally I would have gone to sleep but for some reason I was still awake and I suddenly got this really creepy feeling. You know that feeling where like, oh, I'm giving it to myself right now just thinking about it, where you just feel this like chill up the back of your neck and like all the hair stands up on your body. Like I got that feeling and I like laid still in the bed and I was listening and I was like, is he still awake downstairs? And I didn't hear anything. And I was like, why am I feeling this way? So I sat up and the, the door to our bedroom was open. I usually close it, but for some reason it was open. And you know, the hall hallway light was off, but there was light coming from downstairs. 
So uh, there was a little bit of light, like I could see a little bit in the hallway. And there was this tall, dark shadow standing in the hallway. And it was taller than most humans. It was, it definitely looked inhuman. <laughs> and it was blacker than black, if that makes sense. Like, have you ever seen that blackest black paint that those two artists fight over? Oh, I can't think of their names. Um, and I can't think of the name of the paint. It's literally the blackest black on the planet. <laughs> and it's a patented color. And it is so dark. Like, it's it's wild. You should Google this. And I, sh I should have looked this up, but I didn't know I was going to talk about it. Um, so anyway, this thing in the hallway was blacker than black. And my heart just like... It, I felt like an icicle had been stabbed through my heart when I looked and saw this thing in the hallway. And I knew that it was evil. I could just feel it. And I was terrified. I've seen a lot of creepy things in my life, but this was one of the scariest ones that I've ever dealt with. And I laid there and, and I just kept hoping that it would leave and it wasn't leaving. It was just standing in the hallway. And so I thought back to things I'd been taught when I was younger. You know, if there's ever anything or anyone evil in your home, you can cast it out. Um, in the name of Jesus. And so I whispered it because I was so scared, but I said something like, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave my house. Just hoping that it would work. <laughs> and I heard this answer and it wasn't like out loud. It's so hard to explain. It was like it was speaking inside me, almost like telepathically and I could hear it. But it responded and said, I'm not here for you. I'm here for him. And I just instantly was even more on edge. And so I, I got a bit brave and I, um, <laughs> back to my childhood, I, I threw a pillow over my head and I found the courage to get up and turn the light on in our hallway or sorry in our bedroom because I don't know why and I don't know if you guys did this when I was little I thought like if I can't see them they can't see me and they can't hurt me <laughs> so that was the thought process going through my mind at this point so I stand up and it's gone but I feel like it's still in the house and so I slowly tiptoe down the stairs and I lean my head over the the railing banister whatever of the stairs and I see it in the corner of our, our living room down there, kind of hovering over my ex. He's face down on the floor. And then I knew like, wow, this dark thing is attached to him. There is such a thing, if you guys are into energy like I am, there can be a dark entity that attaches to you. And this was definitely attached to my ex. So yeah, it wasn't there for me, but it, I was not safe around it, if that makes sense. And it was so evil. Like, I can't even explain the feeling of it being in my house. So anyway, that was the first time I ever saw it. 
I saw it many, uh, many, many other times. Um, but yeah, the first time was on New Year's. It's a happy New Year to me that year. <laughs> also, great foreshadowing of the rest of my marriage starting off <laughs> with that. Super fun. So anyway, I think I'm actually going to do an episode now that I've talked about this. I'm going to do an episode about dark spirits, dark energy, and how to expel it from your home. So I'm going to write that down. I'm going to definitely do an episode about that. So anyway, now I'm going to end on a more funny slash awkward New Year's Eve party story. Um, because I don't want to, I don't want you guys to leave on a negative note. So the second story is New Year's Eve 2016. <laughs> so I had literally just gotten divorced. Mm, maybe like a week, almost two weeks before this New Year's Eve. And I had reached out to some of my single friends that I had been forced to break contact with from my ex because they were boys. Um, he was very jealous and very controlling and he made me delete almost every single man that I had ever known on my social media when we were married. So now that I was divorced, I reached out to some of these friends and I said, Hey, I just got divorced. Can I come hang out around you guys? Get back into being single. And of course they were willing to oblige. So this one friend in particular invited me to a new year's Eve party. And at first I was a little hesitant because I was like, I don't know if I'm ready. Like I remember going to some like extravagant parties. If you have never heard of the single scene in Utah, it's wild y'all. <laughs> there are like giant parties, giant trips to Mexico that happen, giant trips to Lake Powell. Anyway, it's, I honestly, I'm surprised there hasn't been a reality show made about the single scene in Utah yet. Cause it is like, unlike anywhere else I've lived. <laughs> so anyway, this friend invites me to this New Year's Eve party and I say, you know what, why not? I'm already traumatized enough. I'm sure I'll be numb enough to deal with this giant ass party. <laughs> so I drive up with some other guy friends and we end up at this massive cabin in Park City. I don't even know whose cabin it was, honestly. So there was probably a couple hundred people at this party. And when I tell you that everybody is decked out, like fashion icon status, like decked out, dressed to the nines, everybody's looking great. And I'm just feeling hella awkward. Like, oh man, I've, I haven't been single forever. And like, here I am being thrown into this. I don't even remember what I wore. I don't even remember what I had on. Like. I think I threw something together that I felt like looked like a New Year's Eve outfit and I just remember feeling so unbelievably awkward and out of place <laughs> and I'm sure it was completely obvious to anyone that was there like I'm mortified thinking about it I was like this shy shaking terrified little chihuahua <laughs> and I remember just like hovering in corners and just like people watching and just being so overwhelmed and like wondering if I could get an uber home that wouldn't cost a billion dollars because I lived like 45 minutes away and it, I think it was snowing too so I was like I'm stuck here like what am I doing why did I come here 
So anyway, my one guy friend who had invited me, he, uh, maybe he took pity on me, I don't know, <laughs> noticed just how horrendously awkward and out of place I felt. So he kind of like came and talked to me for a little bit. And this guy, all I remember from that night was he had a hideous Hawaiian shirt on this this random guy and he wouldn't leave me alone he kept saying like oh I've never met you before and I'm like yeah I just got divorced and oh you're new to the single scene I love taking divorced girls out like I love to be their first dates and I'm like that's great like I was just so uncomfortable I was like please leave me alone <laughs> and he wouldn't leave me alone and I kept coming back to my friend being like who is this guy like he won't leave me alone and he's like oh yeah he's great you should go out with him I'm like really He's like, yeah, give me your number. So I'm like, fine, whatever. I give him my number, hoping that he will leave me alone. And then come to find out that this guy <laughs> had this mission to take out 100 girls in 100 days because he felt like the, the laws of average or whatever where you go out with a giant multitude of women that you would find your partner. So anyway, that was just awkward and uncomfortable <laughs> but uh midnight is fast approaching and i am no less awkward i'm probably even more awkward at this point because i'm like everybody's gonna kiss what if somebody tries to kiss me i'm gonna freak the f out like <laughs> and so i remember my friend who i came with there was a girl that he wanted to kiss and I was like, do you care if I just stand behind you <laughs> so that I'm not, like, attacked by anyone? And I'm sure he, he was like, uh, that's really weird, but sure. So at midnight, he's kissing this girl, and I'm literally, like, hiding behind him because I'm just terrified that somebody's going to come up and kiss me. Or I don't know. I was just, I was so, so traumatized, you guys. It was, <laughs> it was so awful. <laughs> so yeah anyway needless to say I went home without a kiss because I think I would have just exploded and I survived my first New Year's Eve after my divorce <laughs> oh I just think back to like how awkward I must have been I almost wish that there was a video that I could watch like a video that was like set up in the cabin where we were and I could just see from a bird's eye view, how freaking awkward I was. <laughs> I'm sure people thought I was the weirdest person ever. So anyway, that's my awkward, awkward New Year's Eve story. So I'm hoping this year I have a good New Year's Eve. I really, really want a good New Year's Eve. I just want to go to a fun party with friends. I don't want to be out super late. Maybe I'll kiss somebody. Maybe I won't. But I'm just going to, I'm going to manifest it that I'm going to have a good New Year's Eve this year. And 2023 is going to be my renaissance. I'm going to be revived and renewed. And I wish the same to all of you. So good luck to everybody going to a New Year's Eve party, especially to my fellow singles. May the odds ever be in your favor. And I will catch you guys in 2023. Stay spooky.